Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about things that no one wants to talk about, and that is some of the issues that our kids with OCD have. These are the things that parents are embarrassed to say. They're even embarrassed to talk about it in therapy sessions. Often they won't bring it up ever until I discover it, or they'll tell me three or four sessions in, and it's definitely something that kids are incredibly reluctant to talk about and often won't tell you as a parent, but you might know it just because your child has so many compulsions or they're scaring you with these things and you don't realize or did not realize that it's OCD. What is she talking about? (laughs) I am talking about a lot of things that come with moral OCD predominantly. Um, And your child may not have a diagnosis of moral OCD, but these are the thoughts that tend to go with moral OCD. And they're scary thoughts, they're inappropriate thoughts, and they're thoughts that freak parents out. So I want to dive deep into pretty much moral OCD because surprisingly, besides symmetry OCD, I see more moral OCD in my practice than any other OCD theme. Now, if you want a cheat sheet on moral OCD, and if you're like, what is she talking about? She's already lost me. What is moral OCD? I have a podcast on that. (laughs) I have a YouTube video on that. So let me tell you what those are. Okay, that was episode 32. I also did one on harm OCD and harm and moral OCD are super similar. Most of the kids I work with who have moral OCD also have harm OCD. And that is episode 67. So I will leave links below, maybe if I remember. But also I have a YouTube video for kids on moral OCD. So you can check that out at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash anxious toddlers 78. And I will leave a link below for that. I will hopefully remember, but if you don't know what moral OCD is, you can take a pause and go and listen to that podcast first so that it makes a little bit more sense or listen to it after this. If you're like, Oh my gosh, I think this is what my kids have. And you want to learn more about it because I do get the most requests for information on moral OCD. And I think it's because it's the most misunderstood and people think it's very uncommon and they're embarrassed to talk about it. So I'm going to go over some of the main taboo thoughts that parents freak out about. And it's the thing that nobody is talking about when it comes to OCD, not even in the OCD communities or maybe in mainstream media when they talk about OCD. And so no one thinks this kind of stuff is OCD. I do want to do a little disclaimer, and this is true for all my episodes, but especially this one, it's super important to realize that I'm not giving you medical advice. And if your child is having any of these behaviors, you do want to rule out anything else before moving into chalking it up to OCD. So this is for your information only. If your child is having any of these thoughts and you're concerned definitely go to a mental health professional and get other things ruled out. But a lot of times it's going to just be moral OCD. So the first taboo thought that no one is talking about when it comes to OCD is that OCD makes kids 
feel like they want to kill themselves. Now there is a big difference between being truly suicidal and having true suicidal ideation versus being afraid that you're going to kill yourself. And to understand this, you have to understand OCD in general. And so I'm going to back up and I'm going to talk kind of in global terms about OCD. So at its core, OCD is about doubt. It's about doubt minus a few different types of OCD, like symmetry, OCD, just right OCD and sensory motor OCD. Those are not about doubt, but everything else. And there's a lot of everything else is about doubt. You can really, really water everything down to doubt and uncertainty. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I closed the garage, I'm not sure if I drove over a person, I'm not sure if I washed my hands clean enough. I'm not sure if that's what OCD is really, really about most of the time, (laughs) except for those other three that I just talked about. So in moral OCD, it's, I'm not sure if I'm going to do something really bad. Like I'm not sure if I'm going to kill myself now in moral OCD, a lot of the big core fear themes center around a couple of different things. They center around fear of disappointing God. So if there's a strong spiritual or religious belief system in the family and in the child, often with moral OCD, it will be about upsetting God, disappointing God. For those that don't have that, you can still have moral OCD. It just manifests a little bit differently. And so it tends to be, I'm afraid I might go to jail or I'm afraid I might be by myself. I'll be totally rejected and no one's going to love me or like me. So kind of like God, but more about the people that they care about or, and there's an and, or death. Um, all this stuff is going to lead to death, either, um, a literal death or a metaphorical death of being isolated and alone, or I'm going to go to hell and not heaven because God is going to shun me. It's all about, you know, aloneness on some level. And so a lot of people believe, you know, if I kill myself, something bad will happen. One, I'm going to be alone, um, or my family will be alone or God will be disappointed with me. And I will have to deal with that aspect. So it doesn't have to make sense. Obviously OCD thoughts are not based in reality, whether they're religious reality or their own personal reality. Um, it's normally the opposite of what is true or what the person stands for. And that's the other reason why a lot of times kids are afraid of killing themselves because they don't want to kill themselves. And so the idea, the very idea of doing something that they don't want to do, that doesn't represent them is overwhelming. And so then OCD presents the doubt, but what if you are suicidal? What if you are depressed? What if you do something to yourself? And this won't be picked up often by parents because kids will start to make comments like, I'm worried, you know, you need to hide the knives or hide the pills because I'm worried I might kill myself. Uh, I might hurt myself. And if there is a history of OCD, should definitely rule out moral OCD and go to an OCD specialist because it just hurts my heart. How many kids go down the wrong path because they say something like this. They're terrified of it. They do not want to die. They do not want to kill themselves. They are terrified. And 
you bring them to a mental health professional and the mental health professional has no idea what OCD is. Maybe they do, but they definitely don't know about moral OCD. They hear the suicidal ideation and they either put the child in a hospital or they validate the fear by having the parents watch them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or they address the suicide thoughts um, and go down that route. Like if the child was depressed, you would, and it grows the OCD because the OCD says, see, everybody's really concerned about you. Everybody's taking this very seriously. So there must be a reason for that because you must really be a danger to yourself. So that's the first taboo OCD thought that people aren't talking about. They don't want to say to anybody, Hey, you know, my kid's also thinking about killing himself because you don't feel like a good parent, but even separate from that, you don't want people to take action when maybe, you know, they have some OCD thoughts. So that's the first one, the first of many disturbing ones we're going to talk about today. Well, not a whole bunch, but the top, the top few. Um, I am trying to keep my podcast down to about 30 minutes. That's been my goal so that I don't overwhelm you with too much information. But second topic, second taboo thought is that I want to hurt you. I want to hurt other people. What if I do this? Now, this can be, um, and this is kind of like harm OCD, but I do see a smush of moral OCD in this, <laughs> my clinical terms, smush. And so with this fear, the child might say, I just had a thought that maybe I was going to suffocate the baby, or I just had a thought that I was going to push you in front of a car, or I just had a thought that I was going to jump out of the car and um, die, or I, th- I just had a thought that I was going to choke myself to death. So it's about harm. So it's definitely harm OCD. And it's this fear that I might do something. Now, again, you bring this child to a therapist who's not well-versed in OCD. And they say, I feel like sometimes I want to suffocate the baby, you know, if it's their brother or sister. And that therapist is going to be alarmed, is going to think possibly that the child has homicidal ideation and is going to go down the path of, you know, why are you jealous? Let's talk about sibling rivalry. Let's talk about all your feelings about, you know, having a new baby in the house. And that's just going to validate the OCD because the child doesn't want to hurt the baby. The child doesn't want to hurt its mom or dad. The child is having an OCD intrusive thought. So you can see where getting the wrong help can be disastrous for these kids. And Parents are embarrassed. And so they're not talking to their friends about this. They're not even talking a lot of times to the mental health professional about this because they think it's not related to OCD or they're really concerned that their child is crazy or unsafe or suicidal or homicidal. And on to the next one. (laughs) So the next one that a lot of times no one's talking about, but is an OCD behavior is the fear of being a sexual orientation that they are not. So this one throws people for a loop too. They don't want to talk about it. Um, and sometimes it's because maybe religious wise they're they don't agree with the sexual orientation. The child is worried that they are, or, and this is a big difference. The family doesn't want to think other, the, the family doesn't want other people to think that they're homophobic. And so they don't want the therapist or other people they're talking to, to think that they have an issue with people being gay because their child is obsessing about, 
I think I'm gay, but I don't want to be gay. But why do I think I'm gay? I can't watch gay movies. I can't say the word gay. I can't um, talk about anything that reminds me. I can't see a rainbow. So it's important to know that this is not about being afraid of being gay because there are gay kids who are afraid of being straight. There are gay adults who have OCD, obsessive OCD thoughts about maybe they're straight, maybe they're not gay. So this is not a gay versus non-gay issue. This is, I am not who I thought I was. I thought I was straight, but I don't think I am. Or I thought I was gay, but I don't think I am. So it's about sexual orientation. And a lot of times parents will say to me, I don't know what his problem is because I mean, we'll accept him if he's gay. (laughs) And that's actually not a good thing to convey to a child who is having OCD issues around sexual orientation because it validates it. Well, now even my mom thinks I'm gay. She's telling me that she supports me if I'm gay. So again, you want to find a good provider. If you struggle finding a good provider, because I feel like I am saying that a lot, you want to look at the best place to start is the International OCD Foundation. Um, that's the place I always send people because that is a good first step. Go to iocdf.org forward slash find dash help and at least start there because if you're a provider and you want to be on that website, hopefully that says that you know a little bit about OCD. Now they don't vet out the providers on there. But it will say if they've taken the advanced training for OCD. So if you see next to their name, BTTI, that means they've had the advanced training. So they should be more knowledgeable than the average therapist. So go start there. Because if so far I've said anything that rings a bell to you and your child has this and your therapist, if you have one, is not keyed into this, then you want to find a therapist that is. Because this requires very specialized therapy, not rocket science therapy, because honestly, I teach this stuff in my online class. And so I don't feel like addressing moral OCD is rocket science at all. I have had people who can't find a therapist. They take my online OCD class, how to parent kids with OCD, and it walks them through how to do exposure response prevention. And they do it at home. And I get emails all the time saying, oh my gosh, my child went from like compulsions all day long to almost no compulsions. So I don't believe that you necessarily have to have a therapist to guide you. If you can find one in your area, that is super nice. I mean, you definitely want the in-person support, but you don't have to, there is hope. So, um, and I'll leave a link below for my online class since I'm bringing it up and it's good to educate yourself because if you have a child with any of these things, they are in torment because they think they are suicidal. They think they're homicidal or they think they're gay or straight, something that they're not. And the pain comes from not knowing that this is an OCD thing and also not knowing what to do with it. So up next, I'm going to talk about a few more taboo things that nobody talks about when they talk about OCD. Stay tuned. That's what's up next. I want to tell you about a new podcast that's coming out called the Onyx Life. Have you watched the popular YouTube channels, Onyx Life, Onyx Family, Onyx Kids? They have over 2 million subscribers and over 1 billion views. So you probably have heard of them. And if you haven't, you should check them out because they are hilarious, but they are coming and coming into this world of podcasting 
and their goal is to create happier homes and financial empires and explore the lighter side of life. So their podcast is going to discuss experiences with their entrepreneurship, which actually I think would find, I would find that really interesting. And they're going to talk about their successes and challenges working together as a family to build a brand. And they're going to cover hot topics like relationships, parenting, society, culture, books, TV, movie reviews, and inspiring stories. It should be a pretty entertaining podcast. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for it. And you should too. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Welcome back. Okay, another taboo OCD theme that people don't talk about but I get many, many of these in my office, so I know it's common, is the racist thought. So again, moral OCD will present to you with something that you're not. So if you're a nice person and you're accepting of everybody and everything, your OCD is going to say, you don't like black people. You're completely racist. Or you don't like white people. It doesn't matter. It's like whatever is in your brain or in your child's brain, it will manifest in that way. Parents are embarrassed by this and kids are embarrassed because the kids that have these thoughts, it takes them many sessions to tell me these things because they don't want me to judge them. And they spend a long time after they tell me they're having these thoughts explaining, you know, I really, I like everybody. I, I'm not racist. I don't know why I'm having these thoughts. These are so disturbing. So I avoid looking at anybody who's culturally different than me. So I don't have these thoughts, compulsion, and I make sure, you know, not to look at anyone in the eye or go anywhere where I think I might bump into someone who's of a different culture than me, avoidance, which is a compulsion, um, or I might get reassurance from my parent, mom, do you think I'm racist? I just had this thought. Is that racist? So that's how the OCD manifests in the compulsions. Um, through avoidance and through trying to get reassurance from a parent. The child's not racist and the family is not racist. It's just that OCD will take whatever is taboo and present it as a possible thought the child is having. Now, another one that I see often is the desire to do bad things. And this sits firmly in moral OCD. I mean, this really is a moral OCD episode, but I'm just highlighting it in a different way. I'm talking about all the things people don't talk about when it comes to OCD. It just all happens to firmly sit in the moral OCD category with a little bit of harm OCD. But some of these kids who have moral OCD will confess that they have a desire to do something horrible. So they'll say, you know, I think I wanted to steal that. Or they'll say, you know, I think I think I wanted to stick my middle finger up at you. Or they'll say, you know, I think I'm going to cheat on my test today. And again, as parents, when we have kids who say this, we're alarmed and we go into parental mode of, well, you know, stealing is not okay. And we can't steal because blah, 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 blah. Or, well, if you do that, you're going to get in big trouble. And we're missing the boat completely because the child doesn't want to do that. So when we respond with um, an appropriate response that would be typically appropriate, it tells the OCD that, 
that there's some validation around it. Like, yep, I guess they're worried I'm going to steal too, because my mom just said I better not. And so she must think I'm going to steal. I don't think I'm going to, but my OCD says I am. So my mom and my OCD say I am. So, oh my gosh, what if I am? It validates it. Again, go to um, a therapist who doesn't know what they're talking about, and they're going to be concerned, and they're going to be going down that path and talking about why we don't steal, why we don't lie, why we don't hurt other people, missing the boat completely. So those are some of the big, broad themes that are about OCD, but nobody talks about, and they're really important. There's one last one, which is very controversial, and uh, I will end on this one, and then we'll just talk briefly about what you can do about these things. That's not the main purpose at all, actually, of this podcast episode. It's just to kind of put this stuff on your radar. But the last one are all about sexual thoughts. And so I start to see this in kids who maybe like are prepubescent. And definitely after puberty, you see this all the time with kids with moral OCD. So anything that is sexually taboo. So it starts off kind of small, like, mom, I thought I was looking at your breasts. Or um, I, I think I was looking at my teacher's breasts or things like that. Or if they have a combination of sexual orientation, it might be, I think I was looking at that guy's butt but I'm not gay. So why was I doing that? Now it can go pretty weird. And so it starts off with some simple sexual thoughts because to, to young kids, that's taboo in and of itself. But then when you get older, um, you know, past puberty, the sexual thoughts aren't as alarming to them. And so OCD ups its ante and it moves into sexually disturbing thoughts. You see this more often in adults, but I will see it in kids as well. And so the OCD taboo thought might be, I want to have sex with young kids, little kids, babies. So pedophile kind of behavior. This is incredibly alarming for everybody who hears these thoughts because, you know, who wants to hear that your child wants to have sexual relationship with like a little baby or a toddler. So, and that's just very taboo, but it's also a common taboo thought with OCD and no one's talking about that. As adults, it's called pedophilia OCD. There's a name for it, but it's it's not very, very well known or talked about because it's so taboo. But it's important for parents to know this too, because I have worked with several kids who were worried about being around younger children, didn't trust themselves, thought they were going to do something. And they, they clearly had moral OCD and they had no intentions of actually doing anything. It was just the doubt and the concern. So... If you're seeing any disturbing sexual thoughts and your child has moral OCD, don't be alarmed. That's just part of the disturbing package (laughs) called moral OCD. So what do you do with all this? Well, for starters, your reaction is a big part in this because if you overreact and you get really concerned and so you hide all the knives and um, you hide all the pills and you watch them 24 hours a day, even though... Hopefully, you know, you've screened them out. You've gone to an OCD specialist and you've ruled out suicidal ideation and you're treating your child like they're a danger to themselves, or you can't leave them alone and you don't trust them and you're treating them like they're a danger to others, or you're, you're giving them big reactions like, oh, you wanted to steal, oh, you wanted to do this. All of that validates their OCD thoughts. So the first step is get in with a professional that knows what they're talking about. If you don't have access, 
you can go and do my OCD online class. It's very good for moral OCD, but I always tell parents, if you have a child with OCD, even a little bit of OCD, you better become an expert on OCD because OCD is one of the 10 most debilitating diseases the World Health Organization highlights, which means it's gonna knock your kid off its feet. So even if you have a tiny little bit of moral OCD or tiny bit of just OCD in general and a lot of anxiety, I always tell parents, you can come into my practice and have 80% anxiety, 20% OCD, and I'm gonna focus on the OCD first because that's anxiety's bigger, badder cousin. That's what I always say to people. A little bit of OCD is like a little bit of termites. You don't have a little bit of termites. If you tell me I have one termite in my house, I'm going to freak out because that's bad news. Same thing with OCD. So get to an OCD specialist. Moral OCD doesn't go away. Sometimes OCD will morph. It will turn into different themes. And so you have to know all OCD themes. And even though maybe OCD is boring and you don't really want to study it, you have to for the sake of your kids. So a lot of times people email me about my class and they'll say, you know, Natasha, can I just take a video lesson on moral OCD? I don't want to take the rest of the class. And I'll say, you're missing the boat completely. You have to know all OCD themes because it will pop up in a different form and you won't notice it because you're only focusing on moral OCD. I'll give you an example. So my son, Mr. Eight, he has mainly OCD issues around food. And maybe another episode, I'll go into that a little bit more detail, give you an update on how things are going over here. But he's been doing really good. Like all of a sudden for the past three or four weeks, I have no idea why he's just improved. I'm not going to like knock it. Huge improvement out of nowhere. He's eating better. And then um, a week ago, I was sitting on his bed and he takes out his blanket and he says, here, mom, you can lay on this. It'll be cozier. Well, because I have OCD on my radar with him, Everything he does is analyzed. It goes through the OCD filter in my brain because the earlier you catch new compulsions, the better the prognosis. And so when you have a kid who you've worked with with OCD and they're doing great, that's not the time to relax. You want to constantly check and make sure that no new compulsions are popping up because when they do pop up and they're new, they're so easy to get rid of. I I equate it always to weeds. Like if you go weeding, initially it's so hard. You have to pull all those weeds out, but then you want to watch that lawn. And it's the minute you see a little bit of green, you need to get back in there and pull that out. So OCD is a lifelong effort to maintain. So just like a diabetic is constantly watching their sugar levels, even if they have gotten the right medication and they're, they're able to stabilize themselves, they're always checking their sugar every day. Same thing with OCD. So he's on my radar permanently. Forever he'll be on my radar. And Miss Six is on my radar because she's up and coming. But so he had me sit on his blanket, which I noted was weird. And then I said to him, no thanks, I'm just going to sit on your bed. Just because I had a weird hunch that it seemed a little off. And then this week, he, he made like a little spot for me on his bed because I always come in and I tuck him in. I go to my six-year-old and I tuck her in because she needs to be first, according to her. And then I go to him and I sit in his room for about five minutes just to tuck him in and then I then I leave. So I came in and there was like these blankets set up for me. So finally, I said to him, because this was the second time and it was weird, I said, and we call his OCD squishy, <laughs> just go with it. So I said, is squishy telling you something? Why can't I sit on your on your bed? Is this a squishy rule? We call them squishy rules. 
no, it's not. I just want you to be comfortable, mom. I just want you to be comfortable. Now, this is a kid who won't, he won't openly recognize his OCD. It took like a year for me to figure out like, this is firmly OCD because I was doubting myself. And I took him to a professional who was like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's OCD. And I believed it. And I doubted myself even more. And I was wrong. I mean, it was a hundred percent OCD. So, so last night, um, no, no, it was like two nights ago. I went back in and again, he had set up this blanket for me. And I said to him, look, I know this is OCD. This has to be OCD because you're acting a little bit weird about me laying on your blanket. And then because I know his OCD themes, um, and I knew so, and I know OCD thoughts, I just took a stab and I said, is it because you don't want me to sit on your bed? You think I'm going to get it dirty? Or do you think you're going to get me dirty? Cause those were really the only two options I could think of. And those are not his OCD themes, but because I know OCD and I know OCD themes, I presented him with two options. And that's why you need to know OCD themes like solidly so that when your child does something that's totally not one of their normal OCD behaviors, you'll still recognize it and be like, oh, wait a minute. Natasha talked about that. That's a, that's a new OCD theme. So he said to me, finally, well, maybe he said, okay, I don't want you to sit on my, I don't want you to sit on my bed because you might get pee on you. Now my son does wet the bed once in a while. And my youngest daughter who's six, she has an obsession with not getting pee on her, which is kind of why OCD is on my radar for her because it is way beyond what is a typical worry. So I think it kind of, I think his OCD glummed onto that and started to make it a thing. And so I said, oh, you don't want me to get pee on me. You don't want me to sit on your pee bed and get pee all over my body and I'm going to smell. I'm going to be gross. And he said, yeah, mom, that's my worry. And so I reckon I told him, well, that's an OCD thought. And so last night I went back and again, he had created this nice little spot for me. And he said, I just want you to be cozy, mom. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not giving Squishy a high five. So move your blankets over and I'm going to sit on your bed. And then he said to me, well, can that be an exposure challenge? Which was great because that was a recognition for him that it was OCD. And I said, of course, if you want this to be an exposure challenge, that's fine. And I talk about this in my program. Like I have an ongoing um, treasure box where when we do exposures, kind of like ad hoc exposures, whenever he feels like it's a challenge for him, he gets a prize. He gets a dollar store prize. And it really helps. It helps him identify what is his OCD. And it helps me recognize what is his OCD? Cause he'll present to me, Hey mom, can this be a challenge? And then I know, Oh, this must be hard for him. So I said, sure, of course this can be your exposure. So my point is, I know that was a very long story, <laughs> but my point is even if your child has moral OCD or they have some of these intrusive thoughts, you want to tackle the entire OCD and you want to become an OCD expert. So find an OCD therapist at iocdf.com dot com. No, no, no. IOCDF.org forward slash find dash help. Or if you can't find one, you can go to my online class at anxioustoddlers.teachable.com forward slash P as in Paul forward slash child dash OCD. I know that's a mouthful and you can check out my class there. I walk you through it as well. So because you want to start doing exposure response prevention for these thoughts and We can't do this in a podcast episode. It's too much to go into, but the ultimate goal is you want to get these kids into ERP, exposure response prevention. And that is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy that is the only evidence-based, research-based 
treatment intervention to tackle OCD. And it's especially great for moral OCD because moral OCD really can't be beaten in any other way other than ERP. So I hope that that helps you. I hope it gives you kind of a plan on what to do. I do have a free guide for you if you want it. So if you don't know where to start, you can tell me a little bit about your struggle and what's going on in your house with your kids. And you can, and then I will give you a video tip based on what you share with me that will be specific to your problem in your house. And I will give you a guide, a resource guide to address your particular problem. And that is available if you text 44. 222. So text 44222 and type in when you text yes to guide. That is Y E S T O G U I D E. So if you text 44222 and you write yes to guide, I will send you over um, to a link. And just tell me about your struggles. Tell me what's going on with your family, what your particular struggles are. I have video tips that are designed specifically for what people share with me. And then I will email you a free guide, a free resource guide on where to start. So if you're kind of like, oh my gosh, Natasha, you just threw a lot at me and I don't even know where to start. I have made these free guides. I've made these video tips. Just tell me a little bit about you and I will send you which one would be appropriate for you. So that's a new thing. Kind of excited about it because the more resources I can offer you, the better. If you are enjoying my podcast, don't forget to leave a review or just hit a star on iTunes. That is very appreciated. And if you have a few extra seconds, if you can leave a review of about how my podcast is helping you, that would be awesome. And I thank you in advance. So don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.